Football season might be over in 2022, but that ain't stopping me from looking forward to 2023. I have seven teams that I have my eyes on for next season. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics. Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And now, of course, I'm Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can see right here at this graphic that I am a pro at pointing at because I have done it 17 million times. So I think I should be a little bit decent at pointing at it. But if you cannot see, that's because you're on the audio side of things. And do not forget the S on the end of South Exclusives. Now, I know the football season hasn't even been over for a week. North Carolina Central just won a celebration bowl. And am I jumping to this? Am I a little bit premature? I don't know. I'm a football fanatic. If you ask my girlfriend, she call me a football addict. But I'm a football fanatic in my mind, so we'll keep it at that. It sounds way nicer to me. I'm a football fanatic, and that fanatic side of me won't allow me to just stop. Football season is over. But I ain't about to have a, a sigh of despair. I'm not about to stress. You know, it, it bumps me out that I don't have any games to look forward to. But I guess that means I just have a season to look forward to. And now that's why I'm going to point out the seven teams I'm looking at. And I really want to give a lot of attention to going into 2023. I've broken them up into three categories. You have the all eyes on them. There's two teams in that category. I have the under the radar there's three teams in that category. And then I also have the Celebration Bowl participants, which is obviously Jackson State and North Carolina Central, because I do have reasons that I'm looking forward to them next year. And not only because they were in a Celebration Bowl. So they they get their own group. You know, I didn't feel like really slotting them in in the first two. I just want to make them individual. So that's just a little roadmap of what we're going to do. So let's go ahead and Without further ado, get into the teams that have all eyes on them. And this might be the HBCU with one of, if not the most eyes on them going into it. Because North Carolina A&T pressed the self-destruct button. They got rid of Coach Sam Washington. And with that move, leaves Bashul Tootin, leaves Jacob Roberts. Those are moves that I believe are reactionary. I don't think Tootin enters the transfer portal without that happening I had some feelings it might have but the timing of it tells me he knew Washington was about to be bought out fired part ways however you want to say it and then Jacob Roberts was clearly reactionary because it was after that and you see more players from North Carolina A&T entering the transfer portal if I just had the numbers just in front of me of who, what HBCU had the most players enter the transfer portal we all know what number one is but I think number two could be North Carolina A&T even over Norfolk even over Alabama A&M, that's just what it feels like. Maybe it's recency bias, but that's kind of what it feels like right now. They just had a lot of people leave, and I think it's because of this. So now in addition to going to a new conference, you have to have questions about what your leadership is going to be. Not only your leadership as far as your head coach, but then also your leadership on the field because Tootin was your 
your engine of the offense. Jacob Roberts was a leader on the defense. Jalen Fowler has graduated, and he was the quarterback. There's so many questions on what is it going to be. So, yes, they were probably going to be high on this list. They might have been under the radar. But when, when they fire their head coach, now they are all eyes on them. That wasn't a quiet move. It wasn't like Delaware State has hired a new head coach. Um, who else just hired a new head coach? It wasn't Bethune. Was it UAPB? Might have been UAPB. Or I know Albany did, but I'm trying to focus on the, uh, the, the D1, the FCS schools. But I think it might have been UAPB. But Delaware State for sure hired one, right? Under the radar move. Very quiet. You know, we'll probably talk about them next, next week. But very quiet of a move. This North Carolina A&T move, that shocked people. People didn't really see Sam Washington leaving, especially after they, ha after they had a good season. So now you see the pressure from there. I want to know who your coach is going to be. That's number one. First and foremost, who is going to be your coach? How are they going to run this offense? How are they going to do everything? How are they going to prepare for a move into a new conference? How are you going to perform in that new conference? This is a lot of questions that are all applicable. Excuse me. These are uh, these are a lot of questions that are all applicable to the situation because I don't know. I don't have the slightest bit of an answer for any of it. None of those questions are close to being answered. And I don't think you can answer them until you get a head coach. And what kind of head coach are you looking for? I heard they're trying to make a splash, whatever that looks like. I just have a lot of questions, a lot of eyes on them. And they're going to move into a new conference. So trust and believe we will be watching. They'll be able to play Hampton again. And we'll see what that's going to be. The next team that is on my list is Morgan State. And the MEAC as a whole doesn't really get discussed a lot. But within the confines of the MEAC, I would argue they might have the most eyes on them. I said this, oh man, probably a month and a half ago. Morgan State is going to win a conference championship in the next four years. I seen Coach G the other day. He said, yeah, Morgan got the best defensive backfield in the MEAC. People are looking. People see what Damon Wilson is doing. People know about Damon Wilson from his Bowie days. They see what he was able to do in his first year at Morgan State. This is no disrespect to Howard. No disrespect to Howard, who ended up sharing uh, the conference championship in the regular season. This is no disrespect to them. And I understand how they're the second team. You might want to say, well, they're going to be the next in line to challenge. And that might be the case. But I'm really looking to see what he's able to do in year number two. What are they going to do at the quarterback position? Alonzo Graham should be coming back. What is it going to look like in year two? Now that you've had a year under your belt, you know what the MEAC is like. How are you going to be? All this comes down to Damon Wilson. I think a lot of people are looking. That's why I put them in the all eyes on them category. These are my teams, no matter what, that I'm looking at. But where they go in the category conversation, some of that is dependent on how others are talking about them, right? So I would have these same seven teams, no matter what. Like, I wasn't going to throw a curveball and like, oh, a lot of people care about Bethune-Cookman. Let me throw Bethune-Cookman in there. They're not on the list. Sorry to break it to you. They won't be in the next segment. But I will reveal who's going to be in the next segment after I talk to you about our great sponsor because today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online and have you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. So, Football season is still rolling, still going strong. We're going into bowl season for the collegiate seat for the collegiate athletes. But in the NFL, we have three weeks into the playoffs. That's three weeks for you to for you to study these teams and see what they're going to be about. And then once the playoffs hit, then you put your money down. There's not a team hotter than the Bengals. Do you think they're going to make it back to the Super Bowl? If so, go ahead and put your money down on Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and let's not forget some of the defensive stars they got on that side too. Well, they're not really stars; they're more so really good players. But 
Let's not forget them. Or do you think that the Chiefs get back to the mountaintop? Last year was the first year. No, it was the first year in two years, in three years that Patrick Mahomes didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Does he get back? Let me know what you think and let Bet Online know what you think when you put your money where your mouth is. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day, stay on this app right here and type in Locked on Sports today to see which local experts Peter Bukowski is bringing on the show to break down the best and biggest national stories. Now, I want to continue going forward with my list of teams that I'm looking forward to in 2023. I know, I know, I know. It's just 2022. We ain't even got to the new year yet. Mouth of the South, why are you jumping so fast? Because I love this sport we call football. So let's talk about some of the teams that I feel are under the radar. Teams that I feel like aren't getting discussed or looked at the way I am looking at them. First team on my name, Alabama State. And the reason I think Alabama State is not getting the attention is because of FAMU. Oh my gosh, I don't know if FAMU's, by this time their, their signing day will come out. But FAMU's marketing has been so good. I've seen so many recruits commit to FAMU and early signing day is, well, it will be yesterday at the time that this video is released. But man, the talk about FAMU, it's there and it deserves to be there, but it should not overweigh or over overlay and cover up what we should be talking about with Alabama State as well. I think those are the two teams we're going to be fighting it out in the East, right? So I know a lot of conversation because FAMU has been right there, and the only thing in their way has been Jackson State, and now it seems like the path has been cleared for them. But let's not forget, this was a game that was amazing. This FAMU-Alabama State game was amazing. When D. Davis is in the game, they know how to generate some offense, and he'll have his second year. I think he should be better. Hopefully he's healthier. You know, I hated seeing how much he got banged up during the season. We don't want that. We want to see a healthy D. Davis, a healthy Alabama State, because – this is one of the teams that I think can compete for a Celebration Bowl bid out of the SWAC. The SWAC is so wide open right now. And we should not discount Alabama State just because we think FAMU is ready to take over the East in a way now that their, their arch nemesis could be out of the way. We'll see. But Alabama State should not be forgotten. D. Davis, right? Urshad Davis, Colton Adams. You have uh, Adrian Maddox. Like all of these players are still here. We need to make sure we're paying attention to them. And then you look at uh, Chinnis Barris. Chinnis Bears, Chinnis Berry, excuse me, and Benedict College. That's my next team that's under the radar. Because Benedict College, I wonder if Barry is even going to be there. That's one of the things that I'm questioning. And until all of these FCS HBCU slots are full, I'm not counting it out. Because what Barry was able to do at Benedict College is so amazing that I know people are paying attention to it. I know people have taken note. I know that his name is on the short list of guys who could move up. So maybe Bethune, maybe UAPB, maybe Mississippi Valley. No, Mississippi Valley State filled their coaching void. I think that's what it was. I couldn't remember. It's one of these schools that filled their void that I just can't remember right now. It's going to bug me. It, oh, it's going to bug me so much. Whatever. It is what it is. I don't feel like cutting the show. So one of these FCS schools, I think, has a good chance of calling Barry, and they'll be smart to do it, right? If... If they don't call Sam Washington, you should also see Barry in the list. It's, it's a short list of guys, and Barry should be up there. So I wonder if he'll be there next year, first and foremost. And if he is there, 
how does Benedict College, you know, how do they deal with being the hunted? How do they deal with with no longer being the team that's shooting out for Albany State? Now everybody's shooting for you. You had a historic season. You were the first seed in the in a regional playoffs, right? You have all these things, so you have a target on your back. Everybody knows that you are the team to beat now. What is that going to be like for them? That's something I'm really interested in, right? Because it's a cliche, but I think it's a very real cliche that being the hunted versus being the hunter is different. It's a different mentality. See, you're coming from a team that won one game. You're looking at a team that went 500, and now you are a team that went undefeated. Things are completely different. Want to know every year that mentality that they had this season, can they roll it over in, into next season now that they've achieved, right? Because it's easy to keep that hunger in the midst of success when you haven't hit your ultimate goal. It's different once you hit your goal. Once you hit your goal, it's, you know, it's a little different. You have to get motivated a little different. When I'm still sitting here and I'm on a run, but I haven't quite hit that goal, yeah, I'm motivated. But once I reach what I wanted to attain, now how am I motivated? How am I motivating myself? Am I still motivating myself with I got to get a SEAC championship or now that I've had it, does it not mean as much, right? Am I, am I motivating myself with I got to get a first round playoff win now? Can't just say a number one seed. Or do these things still hold the same value to where I can motivate myself using them? I don't know, but we'll have to see that. And then my last team who is under the radar is Texas Southern. Because if you would have told me that TSU went from where they were last season to nearly being the SWAC West champions, I would have laughed. This is a team who I did not have the belief in going into the year. I'll just be honest with you, right? I think they had some individual players who were good. I didn't believe in the coach. You know, I'm glad he was able to rally the guys. Everybody seems to rally around him now. There's no more hot seat for him. As long as he succeeds this year, I can't, that's going to completely cool it down. You know, I don't think his seat is hot anymore. And if there is any sort of heat being, you know, given off on his seat, man, a good year next year should cool it down. But here's the thing. They're an Andrew body injury against Alabama A&M from winning the SWAC West, in my opinion. Um, I still think that Southern beats Grambling. And if that all occurs, then you're looking at the SWAC West champion down there in Houston for the first time in forever. Oh, my gosh. It would have been such a great. You know, I would have been happy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would have been ecstatic. But now going into next year, expectations have risen. Now I do expect them to be in SWAC West contention, if not the SWAC West winner. I feel like Andrew Body, he showed himself that he was prepared to ascend. You know, I heard an interview from him earlier, you know, maybe in the summer or something like that, where he discussed how the second year was when he put it all together. It's just like that. In high school, it's just similar to that. And he felt like it was the same this year. And now it has to be that third year where everything comes together and now you move into SWAC West contention. That's ha that has to be this year. They're still young. They have a really young secondary that is very opportunistic. I love their secondary. Like their secondary, Isaiah Hamilton, he's underrated. You know, he's very, I don't hear him talked about. You look at guys like Perry Wells, like these players on the secondary, they know how to make plays. So, yes, they've had some yards given up here and there on the defense. However, the great equalizer is the ability to force turnovers. And that's what they did really well. So that's a team that I think is under the radar. And because they are in the SWAC West where you still have Grambling, you still have Southern, you still have Prairie View, right? You still have Alcorn. It kind of gets lost. And I don't feel like enough people talk about the fact that they were right there. 
Like they were right there on the precipice. And the reason we don't talk about them, I think, is because Grambling is the bigger brand. They're the bigger name. I hear more about Grambling. I went to Texas Southern, but these Grambling alum, these Grambling folks are loud. You know, these Grambling folks, when they're, they're very vocal, right? One in particular, Yard Talk, oh my gosh, I see her 17 million times a day, right? She's always tweeting about Grambling, anything HBCU related, but that's, that's just kind of the embodiment of Grambling. You know, and don't let the oh my gosh fool you. She's great. She's been on the show, right? It's all love. I know some people are like, man, like she be getting into it, folks. She ain't never got it into it with me. We straight. <laughs> but no, and on a serious note, Grambling is very vocal. Southern just made it to the SWAC championship. You look at Prairie View, who was right there in the mix for the majority of the season. TSU was kind of coming from underneath the radar. TSU was kind of the team that you didn't really think was going to do it, but at the last moment, they almost did it. But because they almost did it and didn't completely do it, they still get looked at as the team that was a little distance away for the majority of the season. I think they're ready to make their, their claim to that SWAC West this season, and that's why they're one of the teams that I'm looking at. Has nothing to do with the alum. All right, it has a little bit to do with the alum, but not a, not much of it, right? Most of it has to do with what I've seen from them on the field and what I think they can be going forward. Speaking of going forward, the next segment is about our Celebration Bowl participants, Jackson State and North Carolina Central, and why I have my eyes on them are two completely different reasons. Before I get into that, however, let me tell you about a message from NHTSA. I don't think there's any reason to drive drunk. All of the reasons... All of the avenues that we have to get home after you've been drinking. Listen, I have no problem with you going out with your girls, going out with your fellas and getting yourself a drink. There is no problem with that. Drink responsibly is a reason. You know, it's a slogan for a reason. No one's telling you not to drink. Just do it responsibly. And when you feel like you've had too many, when you notice that, you know, there's a couple of empty glasses out here. Let's go ahead and get a ride share. I love designated drivers. I'm typically the designated driver because I don't play around with that. You know, we just need to make sure that everybody gets home safe. Ain't no need in having a fun night if you can't get home safe. If you can't get home without hurting somebody else, if not harming yourself, there's no reason for that. It's simple. Drive sober or get pulled over. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we have two more teams that we're looking at in 2023 i know it's so early every time i say going into 2023 and i realize we still in 2022 as a calendar year i'm like man something might be wrong with me but it's okay i'm all right with that you know i'm, I'm okay i can i can deal with that but let's talk about North Carolina Central and why I'm looking towards them. The reason I'm looking at them is on yesterday's episode, we talked about just how that recruiting class of 2019 spurred them to a Celebration Bowl victory. And though it's been four years, it's only been three seasons because the season was canceled due to COVID. So with that canceled season, a lot of those players are going to be coming back. Some of them are transfers. Like I think Robert Mitchell's um, eligibility is up. I don't think he'll have any more eligibility going in the next year. I think he was a red shirt senior because yeah i think he did two years in in community college if i'm not mistaken um but you still have khalil baker you still have davius richard you still have latrell collier and the reason i don't have the same hesitance about them right i have confidence that they're not going to suffer that same south carolina state slip and the reason i have that confidence is because of the man under the center and that's davius richard there's not there's not questions about whether or not Davius Richard is like that. He's like that, okay? Right? There's more questions about Corey Fields. There was more questions on what he'll do. And when you have that certainty at the quarterback position, there's less to worry about. 
you know, like quarterback is a make or break position. If your quarterback isn't living up to par, then your team probably isn't going to live up to par. But if you trust your quarterback is going to come out and be really good, which is what I trust from Davis Richard, there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to get the first team all MEAC again. I don't have that same worry. I'm not saying they're going to go through and just sweep the competition. Teams should be better around them. You know, I still think North Carolina Central is going to be the best team, but yeah, Howard will probably get better. Um, Morgan State, like I said, all eyes on them, they'll probably get better. But it's not about the other teams not improving. It's just about the fact that I'm running it back with the defensive and offensive player of the year in addition to having the coach of the year, in addition to having the, the leading rusher in the conference. It's all of those things. Those are the reasons that I feel good about North Carolina Central. But I also, similar to Benedict College, I want to see them. How do you deal with now that you want a celebration bowl? You know, what is it? Are you going to have that, that Super Bowl slump? You know, celebration slump don't, you know, ain't got the alliteration. But you, are you going to have that Super Bowl slump now that you've won it all? You know, are you going to come back in? And you're going to have that same hunger. I heard the fight. I'll be listening to MEAC Media Day to see if I still hear that same aggression, that same fight, that same ferocity from Coach Trey Oliver. And if I do, then I know his team is going to embody, embody it as well. But that's something to really pay attention to. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to Trey Oliver. Just type in Trey Oliver MEAC Media Day and make sure that the date says 2022. If you haven't heard him, listen to the fire he speaks with. Listen to his celebration bowl presser before the game, the press conference after the game. That aggression, that ferocity, that, that, that aggressiveness, it's there in all of those places. We'll see in 2023 when it's MEAC Media Day, how does he sound? If he sounds the same, like I said, I think his team will embody it. If he doesn't, We'll have another conversation. Is that something I'll definitely be looking at? Um, then you got Jackson State. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the expletive, I'm not going to say it on this show, is going on at Jackson State in 2023. I don't know. Because one reason I was excited about the hiring of T.C. Taylor is because I thought he was going to be able to retain some continuity with the roster. I saw a tweet, and I don't know how accurate it is, but my eyes tell me it's pretty stinking accurate. 32 players from Jackson State entering the transfer portal? I can't keep up with it. I asked for a list, and I know a lot of Jackson State pro uh, fans probably thought I was being sarcastic or I was trying to mock them. No, it's just so many players, I can't keep track of them. And as somebody who runs a podcast, I want to keep track of these guys because it's a lot of players. And if it's 32 players entering the transfer portal, that doesn't include the players who are entering the draft. There are so many people who have left, and it's clear we know what they came for. That's not shocking. I knew there was going to be some who left, but I thought an in-house candidate, especially one that was clearly beloved like Taylor is, was going to be able to hold on to some of those guys. And clearly, I haven't been right. The coaching staff is broken up. So now he has to, I'm not even really looking at Jackson State for early signing day. Whoever they get is a bonus. But when it comes to signing day in the spring of next year, then I'll be looking at them. When it comes to, to the spring signing day, when all of the, the, you know, not the early enrollees, when they're coming into the, to the team, they'll have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, a coach who's established. You'll have some of the early enrollee guys. There won't be as many questions about the transfer portal because I'm still not sure Jackson State players are done entering. So it's a lot. And then, guys, if you're staying at Jackson State, please stop making it look like a transfer portal announcement. 
I know this doesn't matter to anybody, but all of the transfer portal announcements look the same. When you're announcing your staying, can we switch it up? Because I don't even like reading all of it, if we're going to be honest. I know the gist of it. You're leaving. You're going into the transfer portal. Don't make them graphics look the exact same. Get a new template, please. That's all I'm asking. That's all I am asking. But yeah, Jackson State is rolling over so many. I don't think Jackson State's going to be good next year, right? I, I don't know what they're going to be, but I just find it kind of hard to believe that a head coach who doesn't have head coaching experience, this is his first year, is going to be able to turn around this program that fast. And it's not turn around from the, the standpoint of them not having success. They've been to two straight celebration bowls. They won SWAC championships two years in a row. It's not that kind of turnaround, but it's just the fact that I don't know what the core of your team's going to look like anymore. You know, I just feel like there's so much upheaval that it's going to be tough for T.C. Taylor to turn it all around in a matter of one offseason. I could be wrong. I might have to eat my words and I'm OK with that. Right. You can you can record this, bring it back at the end of next year. I don't care. It's going to be really difficult for Trey or for T.C. Taylor to be able to overcome all of these players who are leaving while also building up your coaching staff. If they are. One of the two best teams in the SWAC East next year, I will be surprised. I think that's going to be FAMU and Alabama State. A lot of it has to do with the talent that are on those two teams. But then also a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jackson State is going through so much turnaround that I don't know what they're going to be. How can I really put my confidence in them? I have to see them on the field. And we will in 2023. And I guess now it's time to let out that sigh of despair because I can't really talk about football as much. Nope, I lied. I still got signing day. Now, once signing day is over, then I might have to let out a, a little sigh until the Legacy Bowl rolls around. But until then, continue making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today with Peter Bukowski, bringing on the local experts to break down the national news. I'm going to still be here. We're going to be talking about basketball going forward. But when I come back next week, trust and believe we will have some things to say about signing day and some of the new head coaches around the HBCU landscape. In the meantime, in between time, enjoy your Christmas. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.